Welcome to Bub Club, a horror movie podcast. On today's show, we do an interview with founder, owner of Salty Horror Productions, Mario DeAngelis, and we give to you our top three favorite horror remakes. Today is episode 15, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Lindsay. I'm Melanie. And I'm Josh. Josh was late today. <laughs> An hour late. Yeah. Which does not affect the listeners whatsoever. It's just going to affect how we treat him on the show today. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I could have slept in. Melanie could have. Melanie asked. Melanie had texted me saying, is it cool if I get, get here at 1030? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> we have an interview scheduled. And we, we're going to need you here right at 10. I could have took a longer shower, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I could have made waffles. Man, I just ruined everybody's day. <laughs> <laughs> All in one. <laughs> All right, we got a great show coming up for you, so we're just going to get into it. All right, so I think it was last show that we were talking about um, Halloween starting in August for some people. Uh-huh. And a pretty... Quickly after that show, Halloween started for Lindsay and I, in a way. That's true. The Halloween stores have opened. Yeah. Yeah. Spirit Halloween has like cornered the market on Halloween stores. They ate up all the other Halloween stores. I remember when I was a kid, there not being Halloween stores. No. No, there wasn't. Just the supermarkets and stuff. Supermarkets would have like the the masks and the costumes. I even feel like it's only been until recently, like the Home Depot and Lowe's. Maybe I just never noticed. I guess probably never went there as a kid, but... I think that's almost like a recent thing, too, or maybe I'm not. I no, I, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. But then Halloween stores started popping up. You know, I, I could think of Halloween City and, yeah. and Spirit Halloween. And there was another like there was one, more. too. There was more. But mm-hmm. now, at least in the state of Utah, it's just Spirit. There's just Spirit in every major city of Utah. And I think we visited almost all of the ones in the north. Maybe. We, we've got, yeah, that's true. We've got. We've got some more, I think. We, we made it a point to go to every single one. And when we first went, we, we checked out and they're like 150 bucks. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> we better start limiting All right. Ourselves. So now we just get one thing each when we go there. And we go there quite often. So, And we haven't even gotten our first Halloween decoration <laughs> no, this year. We've just been buying house decorations. Horror stuff. <laughs> horror stuff. Like horror movie stuff is not Halloween to us. No. That's every day. Like Our house is posterized with all, all horror All things. kinds of horror stuff in, in our house and so we've just been adding to that and and spirit halloween has really cool halloween stuff like quality yeah they have like halloween, wooden uh, plaques these horror stuff time. in general yeah 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 lindsay's been collecting these wooden plaques that have like haddonfield on it one is uh friday the 13th there's the lover or yeah. the loser with the with the v through the s so it's yeah. lover i like from the ones it. I like the ones that are like a hint from the movie. I like the Friday the 13th is probably my least favorite one because it just says the movie name. Did you see the one but, with Georgie? It says missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little plaque, like yeah. piece of paper. But yeah, I don't know. They, they have upped their game. I think that they're putting a little bit more effort into their... Um, I think they got to. I think they. it yeah. feels like they bought all the other yeah. Halloween stores out. And now that they're the only ones, they... They could maybe have the money to to, to produce some better quality now, stuff. Now, are some of their de- uh, Halloween decorations overpriced? Yes. Yeah. I want their Ouija blanket. <laughs> but there is some oh, really is cool, cool stuff there that if you have the... Yeah, we got a Pennywise blanket. We got a trick-or-treat yeah. blanket. I've been collecting these vintage masks. Speaking of like um, 
grocery store Halloween costumes. Back in the 80s, Halloween costumes used to be a mask and basically a garbage bag. Yeah. Yeah. That that had like print on it from yeah, whatever or it whatever it is, right? But they have in the the masks are a lot more quality than they were back in the day. But the uh, the color palette and the mold is like crazy perfect, vintage. man. It like brings yeah. back so many memories. So I have them here in the studio, a bunch of them hanging up. Frankenstein, Wolfman, you should a take a clown. picture and post them on our Facebook. Oh yeah, check out our Facebook. Bub Club podcast on Facebook.com. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a, I was trying to get um, a, a real radio was, personality that there. Great. That was great. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll post some pictures of some stuff we got from there. Um, another thing is that the Mountain Dew Voodoo, spelled D U W, Voodoo, yeah, has released a uh, second Halloween drink. The second Halloween, the, the skeleton the has, voodoo. is holding up two fingers this Instead time. Instead of just having his hand out. Did you yeah. have one yet? No, I can't find them. I've been I wonder, searching. I wonder if we went to that grocery store that we found it last time. So yeah, last year we got them. Uh, we kind of stocked up on them, and then they were, and then they disappeared. They disappeared before October is yeah. the thing. Yeah, because we had a wedding October fifth, and I was trying to get some for the wedding, and they were gone. Yeah, in the beginning of October, and they started selling these this year in August. And I bet the mania from last year is gonna hype up the mania times two for this year. Like people oh, are yeah. gonna be like, "I'll remember," because like that's probably how we're gonna be. Like if we see them, like we better buy seven boxes yeah, this yeah. time. And and you know, COVID's on the brain, so, so we're like toilet paper so, all yeah. over again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the Mountain Dew, I'm not a huge Mountain Dew fan, but. And I don't even know if I like the flavor of this. I am such a sucker for for anything that that caters to Halloween. You know, like we I I've already bought uh, Count Chocula cereal. I got some. There's a Frankenstein oh. Reese's that like half of it's green. It doesn't taste any different, but it just like makes me feel really good inside to see all these things like catering to Halloween. And we need it this year. Yeah, we need it. Yeah, and it has begun. It feels earlier. Than normal, maybe the end of August they normally do this, but I'm like not paying attention to it because it's still yeah. summer. But this year I'm like, give me Halloween, give me something yeah. eventful that's not horrific. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> in my world, the fake horror isn't real yeah. horror. Yeah. You know. It's yeah. A, so it's funny. If I ever need to develop a product, I'm gonna make it Halloween themed. So I have at least one customer Yay. that's like suckered into buying it. <laughs> I, I just want to talk about some new movies and some new stuff coming out again. Brandon will be excited for this, I think. The new Haunted Mansion live action movie. Ooh, live action. Yeah. Once again, starring Eddie Murphy. No way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, some of the writers on this, uh, was Katie DePold, who helped write the new Ghostbuster movie. Um, and this is the only thing that I'm really, really bummed out about this is Guillermo del Toro had a version of this. And I guess it was like too intense for the, oh, for the Disney and they scrapped it. So what? I was so excited. And then I was just, my heart was Are they going to at least let us watch it? I feel like, <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think it's going to get made. I don't think uh, it got made. I yeah. think like he had. You could I probably read the script yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I feel like project wise, Guillermo gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. 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 Like why yeah. can some other people do whatever they want? Here's the thing though. So what I think happened with, cause he got scrapped from creature from the black lagoon. I think he made Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's true. With so the Shape he, of Water. So he might uh, just go and make yeah. the Haunted Mansion in his own way. Wait, so that, are they yeah. going to make Creature cool. from the Black Lagoon? Are they going to? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's plans to, to make them. Yeah. 
Which his his was an award winning movie. They would have if they yeah. would have like yeah. tagged yeah. themselves yeah. along with Universal that. Universal made a mistake. So and then Scream Five finally had a release date. Oh, do you guys want to know when it is? Yeah. When is yeah. it? January fourteenth of twenty twenty two. 2022. <laughs> 2022. Yo, oh, man. So they're probably planning on shooting it in 2021 at some time. I mean, but this is all projection, right? Like, who knows? Right. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I know that people are going back to, to, to um, on set and making movies now. They're, like, quarantining people, you know, isolating them for, yeah. like, 14 days and then having them work on, on, on uh, set. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that filming is 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 going to continue happening starting, like, in the past. I mean, it's already yeah. happened. It's already been starting. But um, as far as releasing them, like, it seems like people are kind of waiting to release stuff in the theaters. Yeah. I'm not really feeling too comfortable with going in the theater. But yeah, we might true. make our first one. Maybe. I think it's not playing anymore, unfortunately. Peninsula. Oh, yeah. no. we were going to see Peninsula, but so maybe it's a good thing. Have you, has anyone seen What Keeps You Alive? Does that no. ring a bell to anybody? I don't know. Because that no. director's doing a remake of the Urban Legend movies. I don't know if Josh ever saw Urban Legend with Jared Leto. No. Jared Leto's really 90s. At this point. <laughs> Was he in those? Okay. Yeah. All I remember I is the Noxie. I like Jared, Jared Leto. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think Jared Leto's going to be in this one. He was, yeah. in the, he was in the originals. But, um, you know, Urban Legend is one of those movies that if it was done well that could be a really cool horror it movie could be, but like, there's some super creepy well. urban legends and if you could just do that really well it's a fun idea it's a fun idea for yeah, sure and for for josh who probably hasn't seen it it's just a movie basically like a, there was like a serial killer who would enact out act out the these urban legends right yeah, yeah. i haven't mm-hmm. seen it for yeah. a long like time like if you pass if you pass somebody uh, with their lights out on a on a, like a deserted highway, and you flash yeah. them to turn their lights on, then they like come and run you off the road. Oh, that yeah. sort of thing. So they even touch base on the pop rocks and soda thing. I oh, thought the okay. uh, flashing lights was to signal there's like a, a speed. Yeah, trap that's or what something. I thought. Or there was a like a no a killer in the back seat, so you flash the truckers. That's a oh, different yeah. thing. Oh, that's a different thing oh, okay. in this movie in particular. Oh, okay. No, no, no. If you if you pass somebody without their headlights on, you flash them their lights so they know to turn their headlights yeah. on. But uh, but in this particular urban legend story, they come and run you off the road. Right, right. Oh, so if you're wanting to get run off the road, yeah. You if just, you want to, <sighs> yeah. Just if you want to experience life. that, yeah. So Netflix is also releasing a bunch of stuff in September. One of them being uh, the Babysitter Part Two. Did you guys ever watch the? Original? I don't think I've ever watched the original. I remember hearing good things about it, so but it, I still haven't. It's one yeah. of those ones that, like, as you see the trailer, you're like, "Gosh, I don't know. It kind of looks good, but like." It seems like it should, like, you kind of, like, prejudge it by maybe, like, the name Did or whatever. Did you see the original? The first one? The I first mean? one, yeah. And yeah. I loved it. Is it oh, good? Okay. oh, I loved it. It was really good. It was funny and good and, and really gory. Melanie, you were, there's some, like, intense. Did I see it? I feel like you saw it. Is it about a, it. A, a, a kid who's, like, obsessed with her, his babysitter? And, 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 and she, in the beginning, they, like, fake a burglary with her to freak her out? Uh, some, no, I can't. No. It, maybe I'm thinking it, of something. I remember something. The, the, like, babysitter's into some cult shit yeah the oh. into some cult like shit, the, and they like they like sacrifice a kid in the in the house and the, the kid witnesses it and then it turns into like he's just trying to survive this babysitter so i don't know that that seems really cool uh they're releasing like a bunch of other stuff that like older stuff you know oh oh the american murder the family next door is that the new is that that's not the new um 
haunting of Hill House stuff, is no, it? What? No, that's no. like the haunting of House Blythe or something like that. Yeah. So Blythe Mel- Manor. But Melanie will be excited mm-hmm. about this, and this doesn't. I don't think has a release date yet. Well, maybe you'll be excited. Netflix confirms Resident Evil live action series. Oh, a series. Um, yeah, I don't like the movies that they make. I, don't but like I the will movies have either. to see. But you got it. This goes. You have to at least check out. Yeah. You like the video games, right? I do like no? the video yeah. games. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? I would actually have more faith in a Netflix original than than the movies. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll do it right this yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I those movies just fe- they felt more action than horror to me. That's how they. That's how they felt to yeah, me. Yeah, they were. I didn't see all of them. Yeah, they didn't really go even close to the video game either. It was just kind of action movies set in a horror world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they have some people that worked on the Walking Dead working on it, and then like I think one of the stars is the guy from Supernatural, which I'm just like I don't know how I feel about that because I'm just like oh I don't care. Supernatural <laughs> like lost its appeal to me when I was like I don't know ten. I don't, I don't know when it came out. Supernatural <laughs> came out when you're older than ten. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> But it, it lost its appeal. Like I, I stopped watching that a long time ago. However, I don't know. It could, it could be interesting. Um, I'm always down for. Maybe these yeah. don't work as movies, but maybe they do work as a, as a series. Sure. So my horror babble is, they are going to do another American Horror Story, and I think it's going to be off of like HP Lovecraft kind of style. Oh, okay. And. Um, and like and like Evan and Peters like water things back. too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like didn't they release like a a mold of like a sea creature's teeth or something like that? Ooh. Yeah, and uh, what is it called? What are they calling? I don't, have they released the name? Uh, I don't think they've released, released the name. The name. Oh, okay, they just released like yeah. a picture of Evan Peters. And to be honest with you, I'm not like I I always get excited for the American Horror Stories and mm-hmm. I watch them and I don't mm-hmm. like them. Yep. Same with me. That's, well, same with that's me. not yeah. quite true. I get excited for the American Horror Stories. I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, it was good. And uh-huh. then, then, then it's like it just like halfway unravels. through, they've been like yeah. stinking, man. Was it Apocalypse? Apocalypse I liked. Oh my gosh. Apocalypse was pretty okay And the I can't do through. the musicals. And they got to cut Colt. these musical scenes Colt out. was really I good really liked Colt. Through. Well, I didn't like Colt. No? I liked Colt the whole way through. The 80s, well, the slasher one just- I was oof. so stoked yeah. on that one. In the first episode, I really liked it. And then it got a little convoluted with- so many people like no, yeah. 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 and then it was just serious, yeah. silly. The the killing scenes were silly. Yeah. It just, I'll know. I'll I'll keep watching these yes. Yes. until the day I until the day they die. I Unless should say. if they do another musical scene with what's her bucket, I'm done. I'm not doing any more musical. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it. isn't it because that's they it. do the music stuff? Isn't it a lot of the uh, writers of Glee are on this? So yes, like, um, I feel like why? they yeah. Yeah. like having a I, music. I wonder video. is this supposed to come out in October? I don't think have so. they already filmed it. I don't think so. Because they, they come maybe. out with them every October. I don't know. That'd be cool if it did. Because maybe. maybe they already filmed it, you know. Um, I, I will say, though, it's going to be uh, Lovecraft Country has set the bar for H.P. Lovecraft yeah. mythos. So we'll like, see what they can do here. But um, I'm, We're continuing to watch that, and I'm continuing continuously impressed by that, the sad that thing show. with some of American Horror Story, like Lindsay says, it starts out and like you're thinking, like, oh, I don't know, the, the clown character in the carnival one, he, he was really creepy. The Twisty then, the Clown. Yeah, Twisty yeah. the Clown. And it, yeah. Then they changed it to a story where it wasn't so creepy and it just kind of got silly and... Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Hotel started strong, and then they stuck a metal thing up that dude's butt. Yeah, that's the like, thing. Well. They always kind of do weird sex <gasps> oh, scenes, too. By the way, they've renewed for uh, up to season 13, so we still have three more at least yeah. coming out. I like did hear crab, about that. Crab Hands 
finger banging people. I don't know if I should say <laughs> Just yeah, they always do weird sex scenes or they do some weird I don't know. Yeah, I mean the hyper the hypersexual stuff is just it's not for me personally. No. Like yeah. I don't I don't care to have that in my horror, but that's just me. Not gonna yuck anyone's yum on so, that. Yeah. So there is a chance it might be coming out between September and October. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, they haven't like necessarily announced it yet, but uh-huh. I think that's kind of part of its like what would uh, you guys like schemes. to see an American right. Horror Story go? What kind of story would you like? Zombies. Maybe? Werewolves. Zombies, werewolves, Josh. Or mad scientists. I'm not sure. I I, I've answer. only seen one season of the uh, American Horror Story, so. Mm-hmm. But what would you, what, what theme appeals um, to you? And we'll tell you if you could go watch one. Yeah. Uh, they've already done it. Maybe, uh, let's do a space horror. Ooh, they do oh, like sci-fi, sci-fi horror. horror. Yeah, yeah that's like a good idea. Shake things up. Well, yeah. they have to do that for the very last season, That'll be right? The last, that's yeah. the jump in American the shark American Horror thing. Story in space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Leprechaun, like Jason X. Yeah. Yeah, but you can do some <laughs> really cool there. like sci-fi alien stuff. Man. Sure, yeah. yeah. Aliens would be awesome in yeah. that world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Oh. I mean, because they, they kind of just like merge everything, right? Like there's a lot of genre, like would, a lot of movies from that genre they could pull from. Yep. For I'd sure. really love to just see all those actors in, in the zombie series, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, zombie would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping for a good sea creature one. Sea, Ooh, sea creature yeah. one. Oh, so this one might be it for you. So it might be it. Well, yeah. unless they ruin it. Right. <laughs> they, well, they'll ruin it, but. <laughs> well, they'll have Stevie Nicks do a musical underwater yeah. and I'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> a whole new world. A person. Um. Okay, so. Last episode, I talked about the trailer for the Charlie Kaufman movie. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. And quick tangent here. I really like Netflix's model of, like, their timing. They just, they release a trailer, like, two weeks before the movie starts, and then I get I get to watch the movie two weeks later. Right. Yeah, uh, that I is I feel nice, like it's huh? a... Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, because you way don't want to start the trailers too early because then you yeah. can forget about it, right? And if you've seen the trailers too many times, you're like, ah, yeah. kind of yeah. sick of this movie and it's not even out yet. And I mean, I, I heard about it like a couple months ago when they announced uh-huh. uh, that the project was happening, but I just think it's kind of cool how quick they are. Right, and, right. And they, they've done that a couple times. Um, so the movie, I really liked uh, the first hour and a half. Um, I would say it's just really creepy and they just do a really good job of being unsettling the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I know you guys had started it. They were still in the car probably the whole time. No, they, they made it to the house. We watched about oh, the first okay. 20 minutes and, you know, with a name like I'm thinking of ending things, who would have thought it would have been so melancholy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's from what I saw of it, all of the inner dialogue, the, the like the, the voiceovers. Yeah. Is like poetry. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl is a poet and it's, it looks beautiful. I'm really looking forward to, yeah, to uh, continuing it. Is it horror though? Well, so once they like meet the parents, it's kind of like a awkward horror. Yeah. Because it's just like probably the most uncomfortable meal like ever shared. Just like the way they're talking and the conversation. And how awkward the the parents are. Um, for those, like, I guess a little bit of background about me. Uh, I served a LDS mission for a little bit. Um, and basically I was eating 
dinner at strangers' houses like every oh, day. Oh, so you could relate years. to this, right? And yeah, that would have been a nightmare, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so just kind of, uh, it's a very like uneasy horror, I guess, if there is horror elements to it. Um, about towards towards the end of the movie, I'm not like giving plot points uh, away. I'm not spoiling it for you guys, but they do decide to switch to interpretive dance as the medium of storytelling, Whoa. which huh. I thought was like kind of cool at some parts, but then it leads to like a very ambiguous ending. Which, like, for, it's yeah. got two knocks against it for me then, yeah. because I'm not into interpretive <laughs> dance and I'm not into ambiguous, ambiguous endings. endings. Yeah, I don't want to write the movie. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not my job no. as a viewer. And I, I mean, I, I thought like with the interpretive dance, like it did give it a definitive ending, but then there's like five minutes after it that just kind of like, I don't know make you question everything but i did really enjoy the first hour and a half and i think it is worth watching oh i would finish it yeah for for that but just kind of be prepared for like weirdness let me let me clarify what i mean by ambiguous endings because non-horror movie sideways ends with him ringing the doorbell and you don't know if the girl accepts him or whatnot yeah i don't think that's ambiguous i think that's an ending yeah. yeah. His the whole thing is him. He's trying. Like he's building up the courage. Yes. And that's his like. That I was did it. that was his story. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Inception. That to me is ambiguous. Okay. Inception just didn't make. I I don't know. For Inception, I'm just like he's in the dream, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't say. It doesn't say. But it's pretty yeah. obvious because his, his it girls wiggles. Haven't, it wiggles a little bit at the end there. Yeah. But his girl. So he might not be. But his and girls haven't aged. You know, yeah. in yeah, because years. he woke up for the from the dream. Well, though. yeah, time time, time goes stopped. slower. Yeah, and uh, like how deep he was. No, it does not tell this you whether is an he's awake or not. Podcast now. I I'm in the, <laughs> the I camp like that Inception. believes he's in, in a dream. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. Like they're like, uh, I don't know how to end this. It feels like yeah, I don't know how to end this movie. You as the audience can decide. I think he. I don't want to ruin my yeah. my perfect perfectly written movie with a bad ending. Yeah, well, it when feels, uh, it feels cheap to me, but I mean, I love Christopher Nolan. This yeah. is no, this is no knock on him. It's yeah. just my preferences. Write the movie so I don't have to in my yeah, head. yeah. So I mean, it's not like it's an ambiguous ending in the sense that like you decide what happened. It just like doesn't really make a lot of sense. Maybe I'll have to watch it again. Is there um, no closure? That type of thing. I don't know. Like there's kind of I don't want to spoil it right, for everybody, right, right. especially since it came out yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I'll just end my talking about it there. Okay. But watch it. It it is fun gonna, for that. Like vomit before the that. Dance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, another Netflix original that's coming September sixth. So not too long from now. Uh, the Devil All the Time, starring Spider Man, Pennywise, and the Shiny Vampire, or Tom Holland. Bill Sarsgaard and Robert Patterson. Oh. It's written and directed by Antonio Campos. It's uh, sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
this movie was like kind of presented as a horror movie, but if you go to like the IMDb page, it says like crime drama thriller, and thriller is kind of like a yeah, loose horror. Yeah. But watching the preview for it, it does feel it has have a, a, a horror movie tone to it, and it's got the right actors in it. And I I I'm very curious on how this all comes to play. You do see like murders in it, bloody bodies. So like, there's horrific things in it, and uh, I don't know if it's gonna be something that's like this is a horror movie or no, this is kind of a thriller, but I'm planning to watch it right when it comes out, September 16th on Netflix. And I'll kind of be reporting back on it. If I felt that it was uh, kind of worth a horror fans time, not yeah. saying that us horror fans don't like any other movies. We just went off on obsession, inception, inception. Yeah. but uh, this might be one of those like, kind of like um, if you're a horror fan, you, you may like this. Yeah. Yeah, but, I feel that. Yeah. So, you guys, there's a god. I I need to. I think I need to there's go. There's a god. I need. I need to. I, need <laughs> what? To, I think I need to go to Japan because there's a Godzilla museum oh. that's now open, and I it go. and it features tons of Godzilla. I don't even think like I'm in like I'm like not like a super Godzilla fan, but the idea of a Godzilla museum really entices yeah. me. Um, but the most notable thing in this museum is that you could zip line into Godzilla's mouth. What? So, <laughs> yes. oh my awesome. gosh, there's a picture online, <laughs> okay. and that is amazing. He's yeah. like glowing yeah. blue out of his mouth, and it's giant. If it's we ever huge. go to it Japan, giant. we have to do it. I, it, this is a, I don't like usually have like the bucket list thing because I just kind of like, I don't want to think about like things I need to do before I die. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I now need a bucket list. Like if I don't Godzilla or if I don't zip line into God's mills, Godzilla's mouth before I die, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to have fully lived. Yeah. 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 I want to go to New Zealand and I want to zip tie into Godzilla's mouth. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the two things I want to do. Uh, See, I want to go to Japan. That's on my bucket list. See, and the, yeah. That's right on the way. So there. I think, you know, when we all get like way more money, we need to all go to Japan <laughs> and zip. Yeah. And zip line into Bub Club goes to Japan. That was the title of the episode. <laughs> we could start a GoFundMe for our Jeez. three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we good? Yeah. yeah, we're good. All right, so up next is our interview with owner of Salty Horror Productions, Mario DeAngelis. Mario, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mario is the founder owner of Salty Horror Productions and Salty Horror International Film Festival. He's also a very busy filmmaker. In fact, right now he's on set, or you're on uh, location scouting, right? Correct. Tech scout, location scout, exactly. Where are you out scouting around? Uh, so right now I'm on uh, Provo's Center Street. Oh. And the rest of the group is, and I'm not as important. I'm first AD and line producer on the picture, but you know, people who have to do the techie stuff, they're inside a record shop on Center Street in Purple. Oh. So, yeah, good times. So we're not we're not ruining the film by this this interview. You keeping... you are not ruining okay. the film. <clears throat> to put into perspective how busy of a filmmaker Mario is, here's. Just a few credits from IMDb. I, I let me let me get some air in my lungs because uh, it's going to be a lot. 80, <laughs> 82 producer credits, sixty one in camera department, forty three assistant director, forty eight director, forty cinematographer, 
34 acting credits, 36 editing, 13 sound department, 11 writing, and two stunts, Mario? You did, you performed some stunts? Yes, I performed stunts, and I was done stunt driving badly, but I did some stunt driving once <laughs> and twice, yes. So, roughly, Mario, what what do you think the percentage of your IMDb credits is actually horror? That is a, that's a fantastic question. Um, the answer is, honestly, I, uh, shoot, um, this was on the list. Like, you guys gave me all these questions, and I... And I did read over them, and I do know what I'm going to say, but um, I, I forgot to get that number. I think the number is like, it might be 47%, something like that. Okay. I, don't, I think it's close to half-ish, honestly. That question was not on the list I sent you. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I'm off the hook. Um, 47. I don't know. 47%. Either was this one. Uh, Is is there there any projects in your memory that were some of your favorite to be a part of? Any that you're proud of? Now, that's a hard question because although I have my list of those that I wish had gone better of mine and other people's, I think my list is larger of projects. So that's why it's a hard question. Cause I have so many that, cause I was thinking about this answer. Um, <clears throat> of course on my list is, um, your film that we did. So okay. many years ago. Yeah. That was a test. That's, actually. that's all he wanted. To that's all. I, that's all I wanted you to tell people is that's really <laughs> the, the, that's the answer, right? <laughs> it's like one of those questions when you ask like, who's your favorite child you have to make. No, I love all my children. But this yeah, one the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite brown-haired so, like, friend that's about, around 5'8"? Five, eight. <laughs> five, eight, 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 yeah, five eight. Uh, Let me think. Uh, 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 Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and no, so I have a, a mix of features and shorts that are on my list of favorites, and one is not horror. It's called Excursus. I don't know why he went with this title, but my friend Joe Puente made this short film and it's an adorable story, quick story. He made a short film at the end of the short. It was only designed to propose to his current wife. Oh, so that's he neat. came to me and said, right. He came to me and said, will you direct this short film? And I said, sure. And he made me. So it wasn't like, you know, let's go do this thing. But he picked the hardest place to shoot. He was like, okay, I got to tell you, the location I want to shoot this on is the Salt Flats. The -hmm. entire thing was shot on the Salt Flats, and somehow we did this short film in a day, in one day, on the Salt Flats, which is one of the hardest places to shoot, and usually the most expensive. We didn't actually, hopefully no one hears this, but this was years ago anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, we did pay for it. It was an arm and a leg. No, um... Wait, what do you mean you, know, you anyway, so you hope nobody hears this? No, no, Mario, this is a, a podcast very dear to our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. That is a horrible thing to say. I meant who works at the salt flats. <laughs> so I hey, hope nobody who works at the salt flats hears this. No, no, I know. Anyway, no. I hope a lot of people hear this and see how <laughs> stupid I am. No, um, so and then the next and then the, a bunch of other projects that I really are near and dear to my heart. Um, it was a feature film we um we made four years ago. It's not horror, 
what I wanted it to be more horror, but it ended up being a thriller called Friend Request. Sorry, oh, okay. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Marty Cove, who's busting back into the world with Cobra Kai, which is doing very well on Netflix. And uh, I'm plugging them for no reason. But Marty <laughs> Cove is amazing to work with. And Richard Reilly, who's been in a bunch of, like, 300 movies. You can IMDb him. And Marty Cove's been in, like, 300 projects. Anthony Michael Hall, here's a horror connection for you. He is about to play the old Tommy Jarvis character oh, from no the original way. Halloween from 78. Yeah. And he's going to be in, he's in Halloween Kills, which, because of COVID, it was supposed to come out in October. It's not coming out until 2021 now. Like everything um, else has been bumped. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's a little horror connection. And, you know, no, I don't have to tell anybody who Anthony Michael Hall is if you were grew up in the 80s, like me. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's been in so many things. So it was just amazing to work on that project. And then there's a bunch of other films I love that I've worked on. I'm very proud of. Sorry, long answer. No, that's great. Yeah. I uh, I got the opportunity to give Anthony Michael Hall a bottle of water on Friend Request. So... I thank you for that, Mario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was very nice. Okay, one one quick Anthony Michael Hall story. So it was after it was uh, we wrapped the day early, so we went whatever, we went out. And uh, Anthony Michael Hall was sitting three feet from me and I said, Um, he doesn't love to talk about his early films for some reason and I never found out why, but I did ask him one question how it felt to be you know, like at the beginning of his career being stuff, like I wasn't specific. I said being stuff that was like really popular. And he said, I feel like you feel now. And I never forgot that quote because that's such a like phenomenal, like way to answer that question because that's exactly how I felt. My friend and I were making a movie under $500,000 starring Anthony Michael Hall. Who knew? Yeah. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Now, you know, there's like behind the scenes stuff of, you know, where the money came from and all this work that had to go into that, that my friend Jason Flasco did. I didn't do any of that work. But then he brought me on, was nice enough to uh, have me on as co-director of that picture. So, um, yeah, that was, a, that was an amazing experience. So, and there's so many other like projects I've been on. Another one's called Jutah. It's not a horror movie, but Jutah is another one I'd love to be a part of. So, Wait, pronounce that again. Jutah. Is it Chuta or Juta? Is it Juta? Juta. So, uh, um, uh, a Jewish person, Juta. Okay, okay. Juta. Okay. And it's it's about a young man who hasn't left his house in 20, 30 years. It's a young Jewish man who, uh, uh, who lives in Utah, and it's his story of him uh, coming out of his house back to the world. Interesting. And uh, all these hijinks ensue. It was a wonderful, beautiful little independent film under hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars. We made that picture for, and it was just like this wonderful little film to be a part of. So, Mario, what what got you into horror movies, if you can recall? Okay, that is yeah, it's good. What you know? I don't know. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. No, because this question I was prepared for, but I don't know how to answer. You know, I just kind of always have felt horror movies are fantasy to me, and I don't see them as horrific. I meet a lot of people, and they say, oh, I don't like horror movies. And I say, why Why not? Oh, it's uh, too traumatic. My life is already traumatic. I don't need to watch horror movies. They stress me out. 
okay, fair enough. But for me, it's fantasy. So for me, it was just kind of a no brainer. The part of the answer is I think one of the first movies I wasn't supposed to see when I was, you know, 12, 13, I wasn't supposed to be watching horror movies, mm-hmm. but I would always sneak them. I would always go to my friend's house and if they had HBO and I would sneak the horror movies, a couple of the movies I remember seeing for the first time on HBO when it actually played movies in the eighties, when it first came out was hell night was mm-hmm. probably, to my memory, the first horror movie I ever saw on HBO was Hell Night. Okay. With Jamie Lee Curtis. And um, uh, it's not really horror, but it's a horror director, of course. Escape from New York. First time I ever saw it, I was blown away. And I think that's what sold me on Wait, <clears throat> movies. John Carpenter did Hell Night? No, no, no. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Oh, it was the second no, movie John I Carpenter saw. Like, yeah, no, um, uh, somebody else directed Hell Tom Night. The Simmons? The Simmons? The Simone? Yeah, some, yeah. Okay. But, um, but, so the, the first two movies that I ever saw on HBO um, that were, are basically horror, Hell Night and Escape from New York. So those are the two oh, movies that oh. I was... It's, it's I'm in, just saying that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got you. It's interesting for me to hear uh, people's story because like, I don't I don't have like I don't even know what that would be like to not be able to watch horror movies as a kid. Like we were raised on them. Exactly. You know, I, I don't remember not watching horror exactly. movies. So it, it does add it. It adds an interesting layer to it and almost like makes them maybe a little bit better if you have to go sneak out and watch them. <laughs> yeah, it puts like puts like a taboo on them. Right? Yeah, like, oh, my God, not only am I not supposed to do this, but it's kind of scary. I'm a rebel. <laughs> Well, I clearly remember a quick horror story. I clearly remember that I didn't sneak off and see it. But I clearly remember in the 80s when um, something that caused such a ruckus with mothers, with moms in the 80s was the release of Silent Night, Deadly Night because of that goddamn poster. The, the Santa. With oh, the, coming out of the chimney, right? With an ax. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I was, I was in junior high school when that controversy hit. And I'm thinking, I'm just flash forward to 2020. You know, you got people dying, you know, you got people getting, not to get political, but you got people getting shot on the street, right. people getting shot on the street and protesters getting shot and mothers in the eighties are worried about silent night, deadly night. Yeah. Yeah. A, a movie cover. You yeah. So that perspective is everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So, so horror movies were supposed to be the end of, you know, um, youth. It was supposed to be this, this taboo thing, you know, horror movies are going to ruin society. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Come to find out, it's one of the tried and true genres that always make distributors money. Yeah, and that hasn't changed. Yeah, and just so like no matter what happens, so exactly. Few decades before that was horror comic books, right? They had horror comic book burnings oh, and exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We every generation has that sort of yeah. uh, taboo thing that they think is the fault of their 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 kids corruption but it's probably just bad parenting that makes bad people (laughs) in my opinion i don't think horror movies you're right i don't think horror movies do it i really i don't think it's horror movies i agree yeah so what are some of your biggest inspirations as a filmmaker and this could either be like directors or movies or even other forms of art oh no that's 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 awesome um 
so I, this one's a cliche one, and everyone says Hitchcock, but Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, and well, well, it's cliche for a reason. On, it's cliche for a reason, exactly. It's like everyone says Hitchcock for a reason, exactly. <clears throat> At least they're not not everyone's answering that with Helen Smithy. <laughs> so that's a little that's a little filmmaker joke. Uh, <laughs> you have to know who Alan Smithy is. He's not a real person. Anyway, um, but I think Carpenter really um, was, like I said, with Escape from New York and the original Halloween and all his other horror movies, um, underrated John Carpenter film. I think that freaked me out, like really freaked me out, was The Fog. Oh, I love The John Fog. Carpenter's The Fog is... I mean, maybe I'll get shot. I won't because it's a podcast. But um, I think in some ways, The Fog is more of a mature film than Halloween 1978 original. Oh, no, I would I agree with Carpenter that. <clears throat> yeah, would I mean, agree with that, too, because it's more mature. And it, yeah. No, I mean, Halloween, I mean? Halloween was a teenage slasher, right? And then and then The Fog is a little, exactly. yeah, is, is focuses on older people. I mean, and uh, Ghost Pirates, man. How can you argue with Ghost Pirates? Exactly. Super fun. I love oh, that I movie. Don't even. This is this is what I won't get into, which I'm going to bring it up, but I'm going to leave it. <laughs> is the the fact that okay? So there's two things about John Carpenter that I've been like questioning myself. Is and I understand why. And if I was John Carpenter, I'd probably do the same thing. He he allows remakes to happen, no problem. Like, no problem. He'll take the checks. When they remade The Fog, I almost lost at how bad that was. I didn't, yeah, I didn't bother to see it personally, but. No, don't. Absolutely not. Don't. But even your heroes, even your heroes like John Carpenter, they they make missteps, you know, and uh, Escape from L.A., which is a huge misstep, you know, this kind of thing. So I think my influences are people like him, Robert Rodriguez. Um, I love El Mariachi, uh, not really horror. But, um, you know, a funny little thing about El Mariachi, um, he made a like kind of a creepy little weird short film that he inserted into El Mariachi. It's called Bedhead. So, you know, uh, Robert has always had that horror tie, too. Yeah. And, and, and Masterpiece from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, yeah, right. It was a huge influence. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah, he's got a lot of – Robert has done so many cool things, and he's branched out, you know. So Robert Rodriguez, I think, is an influence. So when he came up and he hit, you know, he hit the world – with El Mariachi, I was in college and I remember doing um, horrible films that no one will ever see in college. I have that story. Like mm-hmm. I did make really bad movies in college. Right. So that's where I started with this whole thing. Then I took years off, went to the Navy. That's a whole long story. And then when I hit Utah, it took me a few years to get my feet under my feet under my feet. No, that doesn't work. Feet on the ground. Um, to get my uh, Utah legs. And uh-huh. I started um, making stuff in Utah, as you know, Brandon. But then I had to come to the realization that you're not going to do anything really good alone. And Brandon, you know that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You, what do you do if you want to do something? You want to do anything. You got to get the right people involved. And Correct. I think one of the things that I've really been happy with and proud of and why I think I'm successful is I, I know those people to include and sometimes you get it wrong, and that person isn't right for that project. I'm talking about cast and crew. Uh-huh. You've got to pick the right people. 
And I think when you get the right people involved, you can do almost anything, especially today. Definitely. People are making, you know, feature films on their, in their, their freaking phones. You know, is that, is that definitely what you should do? Well, I'm not sold on the features on your phone thing, but my point is technology is such a place where, Brandon, you and I come up with a feature in six months, it could be made. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to worry about buying film or even sometimes renting a camera, exactly. you know? Yeah. 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 It, exactly. It's it's changed. It's made it more accessible it's for changed. people, which, um, you know, and, and exactly. And the genre where it's changed the most where it changed the fastest, where there was so many horror movies is sorry. I already gave it away. Horror is the genre that's blown up because of the digital age. I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I would say that's that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah Melanie's always talking about uh, short films that her kids yeah. are finding on YouTube that mm-hmm. just yeah. random Absolutely. people are able to make yeah. uh, because it's just so accessible, 100%. like you were saying. And, and yeah, and it, when you're you're young and you're first getting into film, like, or even as a kid, like, what would what would be the most fun movie to make? Horror. Right. Yeah. Like, like I yep. remember me and my friends when we were, when we were teens and we just had like a video camera, a home video camera, like yeah. that's what we went to, to, to make film because it was just yeah. the most fun to yeah. make. Right. Give somebody you a know, knife and have somebody run that, from them, you know? No, it's exactly right. And another thing that is, is I think more accessible now is companies who own characters will back off, it seems, unless it's really high level, of fan films. So, like, you can you can do, I just watched one the other day, you can do a Jason, you know, um, uh, you can use Freddy, you can use Jason, but if you have to call it a fan film. You acted in and one. You, you, acted, you acted in an yes. It fan film. That is yeah. very good. Yeah. That is 100% right. I acted badly in it, but yeah, yeah, excellent. Yes. That was fun. That was my friend, James Tolley. Great filmmaker, fantastic filmmaker. And he just had this idea and we did exactly what you said. We did an it fan film. And, um, yeah, dude, that was, that was a blast. Um, you know, that location, I don't think is used anymore for, uh, they blew it up or something happened. I think, um, it, I think that, it off. that film was featured and I believe, iHorror.com, which I, I'm constantly on. Um, that is correct, and then, actually. And then I, I looked it up and watched it, and I was like, that's my that's my friend Mario DeAngelis right there. That's pretty neat. <laughs> I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. I was in an it horror film, a uh, fan film. I, I, I made it. Yeah, no, so it's really cool. Yeah. So what are the most uh, important qualities do you think um, you need to have in a horror film? Oh, so this is a, this is kind of a, this has got a lot of answers to it because it really depends on people's flavors. Like if the question was about J horror or Japanese horror, they don't use as many um, music cues to uh, accentuate the jump scares. So right. it's like, that's a thing they do. And sometimes American horror films do that, but a lot of yeah. times it doesn't. And it's like the music, um, oh, we got to have 16, you know, 1600 jump scares in this fucking horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's not true, uh, you know, but it becomes a thing, you know, it becomes a thing. And uh, is the thing right? Well, yeah, yes and no. 
um, I mean, it's always been, it's not new to have a female heroine in a horror movie. Like the one who serves the final girl, that's a thing. Is that a thing that everyone should do? Not necessarily, but that's a thing. You know, final girl, um, uh, Ripley, you know, an alien. Yeah. Um, so one second. Um, so yeah, the final girl thing is a thing, you know, and it's, um, alien is one of my, Oh shoot. Uh, I'm jumping back questions. Um, yeah, Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott, alien, um, and James Cameron's aliens are huge influences. Cause I just, everything they did seemed right to me for both of those films. Yeah. Those are great. One was to- and they're totally different, totally different genres, even kind of where, you know, one's a war movie and one's a atmospheric thing no one had ever seen before or done well. Um, uh, there's a monster, the monster in the house, but it's a spaceship. You know, it's brilliant. So Mario, it's amazing. Go, go, Alien, yeah. going back to the question, what, like, okay, let's oh, say, yeah. let's say we're making a horror movie together. What's the, what's the thing that's like sticking out in your mind that where you're like, okay, this, this has to be in there or this, or this has to be perfected. You know, w- uh, Okay, here's here's an answer for you. Lots of nudity. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a man after no, Josh's I mean, own heart, that's, and that's what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> so the thing about the, the elements is is I think it depends on decade. To be honest with you, um, the teen slasher thing had its heyday in the '80s. In the '90s, um, Scream created new rules. Yeah. You know, uh, Wes Craven and, and Scream created new rules. So I think that's a great question. I think it depends on the decade. Um, you do a slasher movie now, it's got to have pop culture stuff. It's got to have cell phones. It's got So now is a different answer. Yeah, and maybe no nudity, too. The question's too. asked in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you don't have a cell phone creating the problem in a horror movie, you know, you don't got no movie. You know. So, 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 so some people think, you know. You know, I there's think. there's no nudity. You know, nudity has been not taken out of horror movies, but you know, it's um, it's it's been really played down. Um, you know that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, we need full frontal so, male, full frontal yes, now. We need now. We need. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I always think like the quality in a horror movie that get gets missed quite often is the story part, like a good oh, a good written story. Because I think I think horror movies tend to forget about the story because there is these horror elements right. in it that really can carry the film to a certain point. Yeah. But some of my favorite horror movies, like Train to Busan, for instance, has an amazing like underlying storyline. Character development. Right. Character development yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think if you don't care about the characters and who, you know, you're not Then who cares if they die? die. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Which some slasher movies, you kind of want people not to quite care about, but I don't know. I kind of also yeah. like slasher movies where I do care about the characters. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Because Scream yeah. kind of did that. You kind of cared about some of the characters that were dying in Scream. But so I have a question. Yeah, no, I think yes. Oh, I was gonna say. So if you could be involved in making a horror movie with any director, living or otherwise, uh, what, who would it be, and what would you want? Like, what part would you want to play in that film? Like, would you want to be their assistant? You know, what, what, how would you want? Oh, jeez. Um, well, I don't think it's ever gonna happen. But I always, in my head, thought I could remake. I could work with John Carpenter and remake Escape from New York. Now, apparently they are, and they're just what, from my heard, they're changing everything, of course. That's another thing that is an element in movies and horror movies, is taking something and changing everything. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a mis- always a mistake in my mind. So my answer is I'd love to work with John Carpenter. Cool. Um, <clears throat> you know, and and uh, Escape from New York isn't necessarily true horror, but I think it was always going that direction. But they were just limited in budget and time and all that. <clears throat> so, but I would love to, you know, John Carpenter's older now, but he's still kicking. I think know, with John, still working. with John Carpenter, even his non-horror movies still have that horror movie tone to them. And, 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 and thank you exactly. Yeah, and uh, exactly. and Escape from New York always kind of felt like uh, adjacent, like horror adjacent, just like uh, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Even though that has like a literal werewolf oh. in it, and but uh, but yeah. Oh yeah. It's a great, yeah, it's a great, that's a great one. Um, and it's just like some of these things are so underrated. And then, you know, uh, some people have forgotten about some of these gems from these um, directors, um, horror and otherwise. But yeah, sometimes these horror directors, they, they go off the beaten track, but they're always still there. And then I love what Jordan Peele's doing with his horror. Oh, See, we, that's the thing, yeah. that we, like yeah. we are all like, us. he's kind of my uh, new horror hero. Yeah. He's, exactly. he, he comes he up a lot a on the, hero. on this, on this podcast. He's uh he's, yeah, he's a treat. Is, is, he is a, he is the shit. Yeah. He like knows how to create atmosphere, and, but he's breaking the rules you see. So that's like, now you can't really do what Jordan's doing because then everyone would be like, Oh, you're just copying Jordan Peele. <laughs> yeah. But what he's doing is revolutionary. I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, well, it's bringing the horror genre back into like a good light. Like this is, a, these are serious films. They can <laughs> be, you. they can yeah. be award-winning. They can be, they can, can be right. competitors to the other films. Like right. he's really bringing it back and I, I love him. All right. So Mario, having been a part of nearly every aspect of creating horror movies, how has that changed watching horror movies for you? Like, has movies become more transparent since you've been making them? Yeah, I think that's kind of happened. Um, but it, it kind of back to, to Jordan Peele. He sucks you in and you kind of forget about the filmmaking process. So I think, yeah, of course, that's happened. It's like, you know, movies I watched that I've worked on and I was there every day. I can't help but think about what happened while we were making that scene. So that kind of ruins things a little, but you know, it's just like natural for me now to um, put it aside and try to like invest myself in whatever the story is. Yeah. That's like a, that's like a different, that's a different experience, right? Watching a movie you've been actually a part of almost like has this, uh, it just like pours memories at you. Right. Of like, Oh, I remember that day. I remember we had this problem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're almost doing a commentary in your own head while watching it, right? It's, it's like I watching so. it's like yeah. watching a magic show when you know how they're doing all the tricks. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. 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 And then I remember the scenes in movies where I wanted to quit. Right. But I'm sure it adds yeah. more appreciation. <laughs> Not really. I'm sure it adds more appreciation to films that you watch and like you know, so. you have some master um, directors and, so. and su- such that you watch something, you go, I don't know how they did that. And that amazes me even more. Right. Right. So. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I know that happens for cinematographer friends of mine. I am a cinematographer, but I'm, there are so many people who are above me and what they know and what they can do. And I definitely can say that. Um, but I have cinematographer friends of features I've been on that um, they don't even know what's happening other than what they have to focus on. Right. So then they, that allows them to be able to watch. And then I have friends who, actor friends, true friends who can't watch anything they've worked on. Because uh-huh. they can't separate it. 
Right. So, so speaking of kind of working on, on these movies. So yeah, Mario, do you ever been creeped out by a set that you've worked on before? Okay. So I have a really good answer for this one. All right. So I was working on a short film at Asylum 49 in Tooele. Okay. Now what we were doing, we were doing a short film in the hospital part of Asylum 49 that isn't the haunt part. Hold on, I'm turning my music down. Um, it, it wasn't the haunt part. So Asylum 31 is uh, an, 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 it's an abandoned hospital, right? That is now a haunted attraction for Halloween? Yeah. It's exactly right. Asylum, that's exactly what it is. And Asylum 49 used to be a hospital slash um, nursing home. So they have this wing that they call the Green Mile. The Green Mile is apparently where there's the most ghosts. Oh. Okay. So we had a very, very hard shoot four days in Asylum 49 for the short film. My friend Stephen King Simmons made. That's really his name. Stephen <laughs> King Simmons. Somebody, not him, tall, calls him the horror king of Salt Lake. And I, I don't know. That's not really the point of the story. So I'm, so we were making this short film for um, an October evening, which has been going about 12 years now. An event happens every year, which of course not this year. Yeah. Um, happens every year. And um, we're making this short film um, called Night Terrors. Well, everything was wrapped up and everybody was leaving. And I was doing the last, you know, dummy check. I was just checking things out. And I got stuck in this green mile. I couldn't get out. I, I just, I, the doors I tried were locked. I was just, uh. it was weird. And then all of a sudden, while I was trying to leave, um, hairs went up on my, I got really hot. And hairs went up on my arm. And I got really hot. Now, did I see anything? Not necessarily. It was a feeling. I couldn't get out. I was trapped. I was told there was ghosts. Uh-huh. And I just felt hot all of a sudden. I was trying to get the fuck out of there. Oh, yeah. man, it that's freaky. Not. That'd be rough. <laughs> That'd yeah, be rough. Freak out. So, I mean, and we had just wrapped a horror short. Right, right. Know, like this, all the crazy-ass shit we were doing, it was all like true horror stuff, like jump scares and um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, that short itself can be seen right now uh, called Night Terrors. It's on YouTube, and and I no, think I that one really actually turned out really well. Um, but that was a bitch to shoot. It was complicated, long story. I I got started on that one of production problems that just and one of those things of like well sometimes when you make horror movies everything goes wrong and you start thinking oh, I'm making a horror movie maybe we're cursed. Mm-hmm. And there's an entire show on Netflix now on Shudder called Cursed about cursed horror films. Like, of course, one of the most famous cursed, they say, Poltergeist and Exorcist. And that's what their series is about. It's delving yeah. into these docudrama, delving into Shudder has great stuff, by the way. Or yeah, I, I, I watched the uh, the Twilight Zone episode, the twi- uh, Twilight Zone, uh, the movie episode on that one. and. Yeah. Gosh, it was 
sad, man. Yeah. It was so sad. It made me like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. man, I can't That's watch bad. more stuff that has death or children. Death. Having a child myself, it hits way too close to yeah. home. So I had to like be like, I, I can't do it. It's too, it's too real. You know, and, and, and that you hit, you, you hit on that, you hit on something that like, it's like, I vaguely remember that happening um, when it happened, you know, but you know, it's just sad that almost no one really cares, so to speak, that two kids died in a way. And it's like exactly what you said, when real life horrors that do happen, making anything real life horrors happen. This woman on the set of resident evil six, I think she lost her arm. Mm. A stunt woman lost her arm for this movie because of an accident because somebody just fucked up or something. I don't know. Yeah. She lost her arm. And she finally won money, but you know, you can't, you can get $70 million. It's still never going to replace an arm. Right. 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 So do you I ever think no robot get, get an arm, but <laughs> yeah. So have you ever Go worked ahead. on a set where you are in a movie where you think they took it too far? Like the storyline, have you ever worked on anything that's ever like upset you? And of course you don't, you don't yeah. have to mention them. You don't have to mention the movie. Yeah. I'm not going to mention the name. This is what happened. Okay. So we we're making a horror shorts. And the the character is um uh got his wife strapped down and cut off all her limbs and he is um forcing a uh event on her and I guess I could say the word but uh, you guys know what I mean and yeah. on set people were throwing up oh Ooh. oh man we went too far. Right. Yeah, that crew would... members were throwing up. The actor who had to do that act, he wrote the script. He's the main star. He wrote it, but he he threw up after he had to do that to that actor, who we had strapped down, probably a little too long, and we went too far. We kept asking her if she was comfortable, and she was had all these prosthetics on, strapped down. Her, of course, in the movie, her all her limbs are cut off. It was this horrific, insane scene, oh. and we went to we went we went we went too far. Yeah, that visual in my head, so, I just went too I far in my own head. <laughs> yeah, that yeah I know I was gonna have to this Now, did we do anything wrong? No, I mean we made sure it was a safe situation. This was years ago. This had nothing to do with COVID, but it's like, did we? Could we have? I was the first AD and a producer. Yeah, we tried to make everyone feel comfortable, but um, then we had to close the set. The director got pissed off because there were too many people there, and I had to close the set, which was the right call. So we did what we could. It was an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I'll ever allow that. It wasn't unsafe, but it was uncomfortable. It yeah. was not unsafe. Yeah. It wasn't like that girl, that, that second AC who was on a bridge and the train came and killed her. Right. Yeah, it right. wasn't like that, which is also horrific. Yeah. It wasn't like that, but it was um, unnecessarily awkward. Right. And as soon as we all realized how awkward and awful it was, we stopped. I think the day, I think we stopped. Yeah. Interesting. Like, 
here's you know here's the thing with with making horror movies back in the day right you could have a monster wrestling somebody around not even really hurting them throwing them and that was scary to audiences since then we have to keep pushing the envelope pushing the envelope until like yeah. you know you it's hard it's the, the lines become blurred between like tact and untactful so you know you want you want to scare you want to shock but you don't Sometimes you could get lost in the making of it and trying to scare somebody that you don't realize you're going too far, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, ending this interview on a, a, I guess, a little bit of a brighter note, uh, (laughs) I just wanted to ask you what advice you have uh, for aspiring filmmakers out there, people that are wanting to get into horror or just movies in general. Yeah, so... um that that's also the the right question it's uh you know never give up because there's a bunch of people even in my you know 15 18 years and making stuff in utah where plenty of people have given up and they just go away and Mm -hmm. plenty of people in your life will maybe have wronged you in the film making stuff which people have wronged me they just stop and i'm still going and i'm not going to allow this is my best advice Never allow anyone to tell you you're not successful. Mm-hmm. Never allow a movie to destroy your life. I know people that I won't go into. Their lives have been destroyed because of choices they made, choices other people made. Um, and their lives, because of a movie, are their bankrupt. They're depressed, um, trauma, because of a movie. Yeah. Never make a dream come true and along with it have trauma. It is unnecessary. Yeah. It's not necessary. Have something that is not, have an experience making a movie, which is hard. It's not easy, but it doesn't have to be traumatic. Yeah. I just worked on a movie, was it, it was a Christmas movie. It wasn't had anything to do with horror. And I helped my friend make his movie, make his dream come true. It wasn't easy. And there were bad, you know, there were not such great things that happened, but nothing really bad happened because we were as planned as we could be. Things come up and don't let those things ruin your life. It's, it's, it's a movie. That's good advice. That's it. That's great advice, Mario. What's what's coming from 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 Mario DeAngelis from Salty Horror Productions? Okay. okay. What do you want to? New company. It's, it's Salty Horror Productions and another company called Tiny Giant Pictures. It's called. It's in post production. I shot all of them. I shot twelve horror shorts and put them in a by anthology feature called The Twelve Bloody Days of Christmas. I was actually able to work on on one of those. Fun fact for the audience. Which one? Um, it was the one in the office building with the camera that. I don't know. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's done. Um, I just finished that one up. Well, my friend did the editing, but I had to do some post design on it or post sound design. Um, okay, yeah, right, of course. Um, it's uh, almost, it's getting there. 
Yeah. But, you know, I, it's 12 shorts from, you know, a lot of them I did, but then uh, another company came on board called The Stone Media. They did a short called Polygamy Gone Wrong. That's part of the horror anthology. So, so it's all it's all Christmas Christmas horror shorts? Yeah. Nice. Christmas horror shorts. Yeah, exactly. So it's 12 Christmas horror shorts. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be packaged as all for days of Christmas. I'm going through some soul searching and figuring out if I want to do a theatrical. I was thinking about a theatrical. And then COVID hit, and maybe we won't do a theatrical in December. Uh, maybe I'll just go straight to video on demand. Um, there are a lot of platforms out there that I have access to that I could just throw it up on video on demand. Almost anybody can put anything on Amazon, pretty much, if they need the specs. So there are another thing along with how things have changed. You can get your movies out there faster. And oh, yeah. will they make money? It really depends on time and how much time how time and money you have to get your movie out there so it can make money and go viral or whatever. Straight yeah. to video is no longer an embarrassing thing, you know. Straight to video is no longer an embarrassing thing is 100% true. Um, what about... Like where it's going. I know that uh, the COVID is, is messing up a lot of things in people's lives, but I'm curious on how uh, Salty Horror International Film Festivals is, is going on. Is that, is that, uh, is that something so, that's going to keep alive? So that is something that ended uh, four years ago. Oh, I'm out of the, I'm out of the Mario DeAngelis loop. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good. So that's a longer answer of why that stopped. But essentially, I was doing it not by myself completely, but most of it by myself. And I just couldn't keep up. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't a bad thing for me stopping. It was the right time to stop. But, uh, yeah, I kept going. I mean, uh, Brian Higgins is doing very well with doing little competition things. Mm-hmm. Like Demon Chaser and all this other stuff he does. He does like four of these little competition things. Um, and he gets like teams and they pay, you know, they pay to enter this competition thing. And so he's done well with that. Um, and so I give a shout out to film you late. They do like four of these little competitions, but those, I just don't really, I'm not interested in doing that type of thing. And he's kind of doing that anyway. So gotcha. I don't know. I may some, you know what? That's another thing that's going to change because of COVID though. Right. That's right. what people have to understand. It's going to change. We were waiting to find out if Sundance and Slam Dance are going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. We know nobody knows. So these things are all changing because you know by the day, it's technology, it's COVID, it's all this kind of stuff. So we don't know exactly what you said. I don't know what's going to happen. So where do I put my movie? You know, other than yeah, you know, throw it up on Amazon, which I don't want. <laughs> And you've been working, you have you, I mean, I'm sure you've isolated when we were in a lockdown, but you've been working on, I mean, you're working on a film right now. Um, I mean, how are you guys keeping the set safe? Okay. That, that's a wonderful thing to cover. Um, so I have been working this entire time. I've been lucky. I've been working with groups like Harmon brothers and making my own things and in post-production on a horror movie called partner sessions. I didn't even have time to talk about that. The answer is masks, mm-hmm. temperature check twice a day, COVID person, a person doing COVID. 
um, is required if you're going to have an open set in Utah, well, in the country. Um, and I will say <clears throat> we're also lucky to be one of the only states filming. Um, Tyler Perry has his own studio system. He's been going this whole time, apparently. He oh, thank God. On there. Oh, wait. I have uh, actually one last, one last very important question for you. Probably more, probably more important than the COVID stuff. Um, Have you seen the new Voodoo Mountain Dews in stores yet? No. Do you know? Do you know the Voodoo Mountain Dews? No. No. Oh, so I know all about them. Actually, I'm uh, quite an uh, expert on them. They're, they're so you know Mountain Dew has these like large line of different flavors of drinks. Well, last oh, yeah, year, I know. last year they put out one for Halloween, and it like flew off the shelves. And now they're okay. doing a part two, and they're again flying off the shelves. They're hard to find, and, and it's a mystery oh flavor. And it's a mystery yeah. flavor. And this time the can oh. is orange and green. <laughs> that is that is a really important that question. Is, I'm glad you brought that. That is to Mario. a really important question for Mario. <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled, Mario. That's a very good question. We're we're sponsored by oh, Mountain Dew, so we gotta <laughs> Mountain Dew. Send us a couple cans of that voodoo stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mario, Mario, Mario. It is uh, honestly always a pleasure to talk to you, to work with you. Uh, fun fact, my first podcast ever was with Mario, was a, was a horror movie pod, podcast. That's and right. I had another music podcast. We always featured Mario on it, even though he's movies and we were music. It's just a pleasure to talk to Mario. Mario, we will be checking back with you on this show. And maybe when this is all over, awesome. we could actually have you in the studio to actually talk to you in person. So we really thank you for your time and your entertainment. Yeah. And we wish, wish you luck through all this. Oh, well, yeah, thank thanks, you. Mario. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. And God bless you guys. And, yeah, stay safe. And that was our interview with Mario DeAngelis. Thank you once again, Mario. Yes, thank you. On to our top three horror remakes. What is a remake? A remake? <laughs> okay, I actually have an answer for this. A remake is either s- something that gets people really excited or really angry. Oh, okay. Sure do. I'm not one of those people that get angry no. about a remake. I now, get bummed out. I, yeah, I get bummed out. But when it's announced, even if it's like like one of my favorite movies, I don't go, no, they don't need it. Yeah. I don't care because yeah. that old one still exists. Right. It doesn't even taint it for me. Right. Because guess what? The new one, if I don't like it, I could say, I'll never watch it again. I'm not going to own it. I'll disregard it in my own world. And now just the original exists. The only time a remake upsets me is when it's the remakes, the only thing available on Amazon and I can't find the original. Yeah, that's like Dawn of the Dead. I couldn't find it on Amazon. I was like, that's, that's blasphemy. To me, some of these horror worlds I like so much that I'm excited to see more of that world. Yeah, as long and as it's taken seriously and given a good old, the best old try they could give it. Like, even if it doesn't, like, meet my standards, I'm like, well, that was a bummer. That's about as far as I'll go yeah. these days. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes a remake can be a lot better than the original yeah, movie. Yeah, which is why we're talking Doing about that. it today. Yay. Yeah. Sort of. All right, so without further ado, let's we'll get into it. go into it. 
My number three, I'm kind of surprised this isn't on Lindsay's list. Funny Games. Yeah, it's because I've talked about it yeah. before. So it's my honorable mention. This is Funny Games 2007 with Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, and Michael Pitt. It's written and directed by Michael Hankey. I don't know. Same guy that directed the original. Hanky. Same guy that directed. Yeah, you'll need a Hankey after watching is it this. Hanky? It's Hankey. It's Hankey. Sorry. It's, yeah, it's not Hankey. Um, yeah, he he wrote and directed the original film too. It's an Austrian film from 1997. Uh, he just remade it in English, really. and, and it's like a shot it's, for shot. Yeah, it's, all, it's almost exact. They even they even talked about how they got the same exact proportions yeah. of the house yeah. for the remake. Um, I think he just wanted to reach out to a larger audience. Yeah, well, and he added a few things. Americans can't read. He updated like a few <laughs> things, like some of it, some of the effects and stuff were updated a bit. Um, and and it just it just feels like a like a new shiny funny games. If you watch mm. the original, it's just as it's good movie. Yeah, I, so I like the original just fine. But when, but uh, and I that was that wasn't the first one I watched. Yeah, I watched the the remake first, not knowing it was a remake, and then what? And I was like, oh, I gotta go back and watch the original, yeah. not knowing that it was the same writer yeah. director. And I was like, oh, didn't it's just to, didn't have to go back and watch it original. It's it, interesting. It's, it's just it's just a little easier to watch in English right. because you get to see all parts of the right. film, yeah. right? Well, and I kind of like the villains better. I like the English actors better. Like for some reason, I do. I like Michael just, Pitt a lot. Yeah, actually. and yeah. I don't know. Like it, they just come across as like creepier to me. But so it's it's a movie about these these kids, uh, teens, maybe early twenties, yeah. yeah. early twenties. They they go into this house Torture with Naomi Watts thing. and Tim Roth and. They're basically just like, can I borrow some eggs? They break the eggs. And then they just like start, it, the torture starts really With the egg simple. breaking. He, yes. just keeps, yeah. he keeps breaking he keeps these breaking eggs. And she eggs. keeps having to give him Puts eggs. Puts her phone in the sink. He drops her phone yeah. in the sink on, like, or knocks it over as she's yeah. giving him more eggs. It just keeps ramping up yeah. from like small annoyances to horrific awful Dude, things I just, I just capped your husband's knee now, with a yeah. golf club go into this film knowing that there is some disturbing deaths in it there is some disturbing scenes it's really hard oh. to watch and Very hard to watch. no spoilers but the way it ends seems almost supernatural well, yeah. not even just the way it ends. There's like some, some supernatural occurrences. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, and they they break the the, they break the, the fourth, fourth wall. wall. They break the fourth wall. They rewind time. Yeah, but then they. I don't want to give anything away. No, you wouldn't I don't want to give anything away. But it's not a happy ending. No. no well, yeah. It's not a happy show. <laughs> even, if, even if something happy happens, but I'll just take it I right will away say from you. something I noticed on the second viewing of it is like, well, these kids don't sleep either. Oh yeah, that's yeah. not giving anything away. But you'll see when you when you watch the movie, there's no sleeping, and they're and they're like perfectly energetic. Yeah, yeah. so well, there's you something tell, supernatural you can tell the about them. Like exhausted, and like they're this natural like human like yeah, way, like they've been weighed down. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, really disturbing movie meant to be. Lindsay's covered this in the past, but the the director wanted to give like. Like basically, be like, why are you still watching this? Yeah, this is like what real life story. horror can look and like. Maybe that's why he redid it, um, did the American remake because he was really like speaking to American audiences who just like say that they love those violent movies, they love violent action, they love. He's like, that's not real violence. Like, do you want to see real violence? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, how can you still be watching this? You know, like so. It, it's I love. I don't know. To me, that just seems like it's like the artistic in the perfect way. You know, I just yeah. love that. It's one of those movies for me that I, 
I disappear and become so wrapped up and involved that I feel all kinds of emotions. It and I feel me, like I'm on a roller coaster ride. And yeah. when I get off of it, I feel dizzy. It makes me yeah. sick to my stomach too. There's a scene in there that if you, if it doesn't make you like kind of want to retch and vomit, like there's something wrong with you. Cause there's yeah. just like one of the most horrific scenes I've ever seen in yeah. a movie. However, though, I don't know what's wrong with me. Cause I've seen this movie like seven <laughs> times. Yeah. I've yeah. only been able to watch it once and that's all, <laughs> yeah. that's all for me. I just, I think I've seen it so much cause I love showing it to people yeah. because I, I have that like, um, I'm a little like almost vindictive where I want to see like people's reactions to it. Like, Oh, look at their faces during the yeah. scene, you know, but, um, I don't know if vindictive is the right word, but I like I don't know. There's something about it. I like to yeah. watch it with people that haven't seen it and see their reactions. Cause it is one of those movies. It's like kind of groundbreaking in my opinion. Yeah. Right. This, well, uh, this movie wasn't on my list, but I'll give it the Josh stamp of approval. If yeah. Oh yeah. Those are hard to come by. Oh, so yeah. you'll be seeing those on the, on the boxes <laughs> of the VHS tapes. <laughs> In blockbusters. Yeah. <laughs> so my number three is the 2011 Fright Night, mm. uh, directed by Craig Gillespie. Now, the original one was 1985, um, directed by Tom Holland, not the actor. But uh, so this is this is one of those ones where I'm not. Tom ever, Holland did Child's Play, right? I think so. I'm not going to dare say that this one is better than the original because I almost view them as two separate movies. Yeah. But this one is a great movie. Like, I remember I didn't watch it for so long because I was like, there's no way they could remake Fright Night and make it good. And it had Colin Farrell in it. And, like, the, the trailer just looked kind of bad to me. Again, it was one of those things I just, like, prejudged. And I finally watched it. And it opens with, like, this Alexander song, the um, Bad, Bad Love. And it's just kind of like... I'm a very big sucker for, like, movies that use these amazing songs in the intros, you know? That's why... I, when uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, when that started, they used that Johnny Cash song in it. And then I was like, this is going to be good. It's well, like a suburb in the desert, too. Yeah. Like, that yeah. that's an impactful, like, setup for right. the neighborhood. And I don't know. Man, it, like, again, it feels like a different movie to me. I don't even think about the first movie when I watch this one. But I really love this one. I think I think Colin Farrell makes an awesome villain and like very like kind of scary because he, he looks like he should be like this like good, like nice neighbor and. And I don't know, and I and I really liked what they did with the the friends and the one friend like saying, oh, he's a vampire," and the and the kind of switching the roles and the guy that lives in the house is like doesn't believe his friend. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too. Like, um, what's the what's the guy they go after? The big guy? What they go for for the questions they had? Like, he's a Chris Angel. Is it Chris Angel? No, no, <laughs> no, no. But he reminded like, me of him. Me too. Yeah. Me and too. I think he's supposed to be a Chris Angel they're type. They're kind of picking a fun of. Yeah, they're Chris picking. Angel I think type, they're poking yeah. fun of Chris Angel, which. Uh, you can scroll down on this and see the. Yeah. The character's name, but he's in the first one too. But he's an older dude. Yeah, but I I don't know I I just kind of like I just like this movie and and like the updated effects and stuff like worked pretty well for me. Um, again, I I just wouldn't say that it's better than Fright Night, but it is like its own movie and yeah you know you saying that makes a lot more sense and i think you told me that so i dislike this movie before it even came out because fright night is one of my favorite movies of all time and i'm like they changed the old horror host he was originally a horror host into a chris angel type and i was like ah not into that i'm not into uh, uh, i like uh Christopher Mintz Pence or what? Uh, McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah. Everyone's going to know I like him. I didn't like him and I, I was like not for him in that role. I really like the original guy. And, yeah. um, I forget his name, unfortunately. Um, but I, I like all the changes I was just like bummed out about. And when I saw it, 
I had already made up my mind, right? Yeah. So I didn't give it a chance necessarily. And then I remember you telling me, like, I see it as this different movie. So when I put it on the second time I watched it, a few years after it came out in, in the uh, in the theaters, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like my that original favorite movie of mine doesn't exist. And when I watched it on its own, yeah, I loved it. And and I really feel like it feels like a different movie because they did make the changes. They did make all these changes, and it's just kind of yeah. like it's. I would call it more like inspired by rather than a me- remake. That's, yeah, yeah. And um, Colin Farrell as the vampire, I thought was amazing because so good. He is like. He's a monster, right? Yeah. So like he's like void almost. It's almost like he's pretending to be human. And he's a great actor. You know, when they're like, oh, we're going to go. Everyone's all riled up. We're just going to go. Okay. And he's like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's no emotion. He's just always pretending to be human. Yeah. But he's not. And then the fact that he's like, uh, you know, the vampires have to be invited in the house and it shows him just digging. Yeah. And pulling up the gas line. To get him out of the house. Oh, yeah. Is, he's a scary entity in that movie. He really is. But yeah, that, that's why Friday Night, uh, the 2011 remake, is my number three. So my number three is the remake of Child's Play. Um, I like the original, but I feel like almost, again, this one was almost a different movie because I think they didn't use voodoo. Uh, Chucky's a robot. Yeah. And then I feel like you can kind of sympathize with Chucky's character in a weird way because he's not necessarily mm-hmm. evil at first. Yeah. You know, he's just learning. That's um, right. He's like an AI. Yeah. And like they watch a horror movie and he and they laugh. They're laughing. So the kids are thinks, laughing. So he thinks, oh, that's how I make them that's happy. That's how I'm going to make them happy. It yeah. is like really yeah. sad almost. Oh. Whereas like in the original Child's Play, you don't empathize for Chucky. No, ever. you hate Chucky. No, he's an asshole. Yeah. And that is such a cool little twist that they put on it yeah. where you're like, oh, this this poor like AI. Well, like, he gives this lonely kid like he's his friend. Yeah. He's playing with them, you know. Yeah, um, and he just like is, he's he's actually like trying to like process emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. But then he does kind of become a psycho stalker type. Yeah, yeah. he just wants to be loved. <laughs> it was yeah, cool to yeah. see uh, Audrey Plaza as like a serious role too. Yeah. Like a, uh, like an, uh, a serious, yeah. hardworking and single mother. I believe, is it Tom Holland that did this one? Well, uh, I he did the original. He did the original? He did the original, yeah. Okay, so it's the original. Um, you know, I feel like all the Chucky or all the Child's Play movies after the first one really just kind of made it a joke. Yeah, and this yeah. brought it back to being like a serious, serious movie yep. again. Yep, definitely. I like I like all the Child's Play movies actually. Uh, I haven't seen the later ones to be honest. Um, I I I came into this one thinking I was going to hate it. And it was like my mom and Jaden were my, you know, it was Lars my Clever cousin dragged me to it. Lars Clevberg directed this one. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Lars um, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. You know, any, anytime. And that's why I was like uh, bummed out by the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street like remake because it was supposed to be that thing that it was supposed to be like this where it brings uh, f- the character Freddy Krueger back to this serious monster. Yeah. He's something to be afraid of. He's not just a dude that's going to pop jokes and stuff like that and and because that's what uh child's play turned into he's just yeah. popping jokes and it's just really just silly gets so corny and I, I was disappointed but this did what the new nightmare on elm street couldn't do and it made it more of a serious yeah. movie mm-hmm. so that's why child's play is my number three my number three for remakes is philip kaufman's invasion of the body snatchers came out in 1978 now this was the only 
uh, remake on my list that I was able to see both the original and the remake. Um, but I feel like this movie really improved on the concept of body snatchers. Um, these, it was able to show like the plants in more detail and like the pods actually growing and all that sort of stuff. And I, I really enjoyed like the little details they added. I feel like they, uh, we're able to grow the lore on like body snatchers a little bit more in this movie. And uh, thinking about it, it's just, uh, I feel like it's a concept that could be remade multiple times and not feel super worn out. That no, it's a very creepy concept. Because of the, yeah, I mean, there's just creepy scenes in both of the movies where like they're talking to body snatchers after like they've gotten most of the town and it's like, I want to be myself. And they're like, you won't tomorrow like tomorrow you'll be with us and you'll be happy and they're like screaming and crying and the body snatchers are like you know super i haven't calm. seen this i need to see this movie yeah it's great, yeah, it's, great it's been remade three times oh really three yeah, times so, so there's yeah. four invasion of the body snatchers movies that exist interesting the, f the first remake is the one you're talking about in 1978 oh man it was also remade in 1993 as body snatchers and then it was remade in 2007 as the invasion so they just keep cutting off words oh, okay <laughs> so i could have just uh like had my top three list been my favorite i don't know if all of them are good though yeah there is a movie in 2020 coming out called invasion i don't know i don't know if it has anything to do with body no snatchers. because because there's already been an invasion so they would just be calling it like the the, or, or well, no, it was it Asian. was it was the invasion. So oh, they just dropped the. the. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But uh, no, I, this isn't. This has yeah. This is nothing to do with. I don't. The, the I don't franchise. know about the other remakes, but both of the the original and the first remake are like family friendly horror. There's like not a. There's no language, no nudity or like violence in the movies because, I mean, they just snatch your body and then kind of clone you. Mm -hmm. Um. But still, like, able without all of those, like, elements to create, like, a creepy, good horror movie, which I, I thought was pretty impressive. And uh, Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. And um, uh, the, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror does a... Oh, they do a body they snatchers? A, yeah, they do a body so snatchers So it's been remade five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically. There you go. Um, so, yeah, that is why Invasion of the Body Snatchers is my number three. My number two is maybe an obvious one in recent times, but it's it chapter one. I had to do it, man. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, it fans as far as the book goes and the original television series. I haven't read the book, but I have seen the original television series. And I'll say, um, recognizing that I may be crucified by the horror community, but I think it chapter one, chapter one, is better than the original. Now, different, different. They're both yeah. just adaptations of a book. One's right. a one's a television miniseries. Right. The the new one's with, not necessarily a remake of the series. Yeah. Right. It's just a different adaptation right, of the book. Right. Right. So, I mean, a little cheaty here, but yeah. but I but I and I love Tim Curry. Don't get me wrong, I love him, but I think that Bill Sarsgaard does a better Pennywise. It scares me more as an adult yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. than Pennywise did 
does well, they kind of upgraded them as yeah. a kid though like pennywise the tim curry pennywise did scare yeah, me he scared no, he me did. definitely and some of those and scenes did scare me but they are outdated that's, and that's one of the reasons why i love this movie is penny they 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 do what they made pennywise just as scary to me as an adult as he was to me yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. And it Could really works very well. Could you I imagine, imagine if that came one? out when I was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Melanie's kids went with you guys to see yes, it in the theater. Yes, And my son whimpered uh, yeah. when our, uh, Georgie got his arm ripped Our two-year-old daughter likes Pennywise. Like, she gets upset <laughs> in the scenes where he's, like, getting hurt. She's like, oh, no, the clown. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think she processes the horror. I think but she, she only sees the clown. She's like, he's a clown. Yeah. She's, he's, like, dancing. It, she doesn't yeah. know that it's scary yet. Yeah, you she'll, know? like, dance along with them. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, and I'd be lying if I would say that that hasn't had an effect on me recently <laughs> with, like, her requesting to see clown. And we got a Pennywise blanket, and she's like, a clown! And we got this dancing Pennywise right. where she, like, dances along right. with it. it kind of makes you love the movie all the more even right? more yeah but the kids in the movie is really what so does it yeah. for me they did such and a good job i watched the original we watched the original recently actually to show our daughter our two-year-old daughter <laughs> um and what i realized is like there. okay so there's a particular scene that's in both movies okay where they're going through the the large sewer pipes yeah. or the, you know uh -huh. and in the original they're just walking through not saying a word. Not saying a word. Walking through. You see something scary happen. They're still walking through. They're walking. They're walking. They're walking. In the original, they're cracking jokes. Not the original. They're, the new no, one. No, sorry. The remake. They're cracking jokes. They're being what Cheers. I remember what it was like being kids. Yeah. If I was scared, I was motor mouth, man. Yeah, yeah. I was not quiet when I was scared. Yeah. I would talk and I would crack jokes and so right. would my friends. And so it just feels a lot more realistic the kids when they're have so much of a personality and they have so every yeah. single one of them is like so different and they have their like little quirks and it's funny too which again you didn't you, i don't remember there being a lot of funny i mean like there was no. like richie who was supposed to be kind of the funny one in the original but it's outdated but, but it's like too. not funny yeah. and, and like you need again we've talked about this before you need funny in a horror movie you need the release mm. of the pressure yeah. And like these amazing kid actors doing it, they all have their funny moments. Well, and we've you also care about the group, right? Yes. Well, and we've know. also talked about if you could take the horror out, and it's still a good movie. It's a coming of age film. It's a coming of age yeah. film. It's great. And these kids are dealing with a lot more than just Pennywise, right? Yeah. In their own homes. Yeah. That's so that's why point. it's my number two. It chapter one. I won't mention chapter two. Period. <laughs> now my number two i can't believe this movie came out seven years ago because i remember it's one of those movies that i was so so excited to go see and it's evil dead remake oh yeah I saw, a, I saw a special screening for this yeah the original is non 1981 sam raimi's and this is another one where i'm not saying that the remake i think the remake is necessarily better but it is a different movie. It's just like an enhancement. Yeah. It's, a, it's a new Evil Dead and it feels really cool. I it's like, like a common theme to your list here. Yeah. yeah. Right? We different, not better. Together, well, my first it? one that's definitely better. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, different, not better. Or, you know, I don't know. The gore to me is better it's in this awesome. one. It's awesome. Is yeah. better. Uh, I like the female lead and how, like when I, when this was first was coming out and announced, uh, I was just like, how are they going to make this female lead be Ash? You know, like, how do you recreate that character? And the answer is you don't. Like you make this quite a different character. Yeah. She has her own quirks and her own things. 
And then I was actually also, for some reason, really worried about the tree rape scene because it's like, oh, I don't want to see that again. And that's actually one thing I don't like about the original movie is this like uncomfortable tree raping scene where this tree like rapes the character. Yeah. And they do. They, they totally got away went, with they it. went for it in this one. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like the first one where it's just like kind She's, of brutal. Yeah. And it's like stem just like jams into her. It's it's not like that at all. Like they actually got away with it. And I I mean, there's so many like little homages to all the Evil Dead movies in this. Like even the battle scene in the cellar where there's the water is like reminiscent of the water battle scene in the Army of Darkness when he gets thrown into that pit. Mm. Like there's so many cool like uh, nods to the original ones that I can't I can't help but just kind of love that. Like, oh, and it's just like, yeah, it's an enhancement. There's some really scary things there happening. Is. Like the scene where she's sawn off her cheek man and you hear it you hear it and that's the creepiest part about it is like before it even sees it you hear it and then of course it you see it ah. this one was actually really scary i I don't know if the original one was so much as scary yeah this one scares me more the original one i get i love the original one i love the original and there's something special it's sam raimi and like the way he directs and the way it looks is like you can't get past that but if you're going to get past that and make a remake like this is a beautiful nod yeah. to the original movie and i was really excited for a second one to be honest with this girl's character and i love like the how she loses her hand it's basically yeah. like ripped off which is really brutal like you think that they might like make her like sawed off like he did in the second movie with his own hand but, but that doesn't happen like it's like actually like stuck under a truck and just to yeah. rip it off but where's the second one is my... Yeah, they're supposed to do it and the worlds were supposed to collide. Yeah, yeah. originally. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so beautiful. Like, I like this remake. I do. And I enjoyed watching it in the theater and I enjoyed watching it the second time at home. But the 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 charm of the original is the low budget because of the creativity that they right. that they they had to put into play instead of money. Right. And this one, they had the money to right. do it. So there is a different feel there. Um, I know you love the original too. Um, but to me, this feels more like a sequel, even though it is a remake. I'm just saying in my perspective, it feels like a sequel because the car is there. That's true. It's like, it's almost like what's happening. And that's probably how they, if they're going to mesh the world, that's probably how they've done it. The plan is to eventually like have crossovers. Similar things happen because it's this, you know, like when you hear ghost tales, like they do the same thing over and over again. And that's like kind of how I viewed this, which made me like it even more actually when I had that thought afterward of like, oh, it's just, it keeps happening. This is a new group that it happened to. Uh, But yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's why uh, Evil Dead 2013, my number two. Okay, so my number two and Josh's number two are the same, so we'll say it together. The Fly, <laughs> 1986, David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. I just think this film was scary. Penis yeah. in a jar. Yeah. It's so good. Well, it's, it's good. like David Cronenberg almost just like looked at old movies and tried to find one that was like super let's, outdated. Let's look at like a <laughs> let's find a David Cronenberg film from the 40s or yeah. 50s whenever the the original Fly came out because that's like totally up his alley, right? Like he's always been body, body horror. horror. Yeah. So he found like a a body horror movie that was older that didn't like that needed a It remake. was like conceptually body horror, right, not like right. yeah. um and just like made it real, yeah. you know? And uh I think he just did a great job with it. He did. I remember watching this as a kid scenes. and being bored by it and thinking that it was a boring movie for the longest time. 
Because I think if you're a kid, you're not going to catch some of these like horrific yeah, yeah. things that are happening. And then re- I actually like, I think the I rewatched it like with Brandon, and I was like, this is terrifying. It's yeah. a terrifying movie, man. Terrific. It yeah, terrified so. me as a kid. Yeah. My, my my dad was a big fan of this because he was into like uh, special effects makeup and he was trying to do that his, himself. And so he would watch it quite a bit. It's what I remembered as a kid. And it terrified me, man. And things that stuck out in my head is that arm wrestling scene where he breaks yeah, the guy's arm yeah. and the bone sticks out. And yeah. and as a kid, I really Figure liked nails. him like walking on the walls and stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah then, I don't know why I didn't like watching his body melt. And, oh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why it didn't like register as a kid, but I, I must not have registered. Maybe like the horrific scenes were so horrific. Mm-hmm. I just like blocked them out, you know, because up to that point, when we were kids, we watched a lot of like Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, like kind yeah, of like, we did the kind of like fun horror. So I think when I saw this, I think I like seriously like went into like defense mode and blocked <laughs> it out. He says something so poetic in it that like oh. makes you feel so sympathetic for him. And I don't know the direct quote, but it's like, I'll fight it. You, yeah, maybe I won't do it. Okay. Well, maybe uh, I won't do it justice I'll, I'll if I try say, to remember uh, it, rehash it. In uh, Jeff Goldblum is both in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake and the Fly. Oh, yeah. So he's like, there's a crossover. He with likes your uh, lists. He likes doing remakes of horror movies and making them really good. I guess I'm a huge fan of Jeff. Oh, Goldblum, he's he's man. a treat. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got that show on uh, on National Geographic's or uh, the Disney Plus. Yeah, or, but it's okay. National Geographic. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, something about Jeff Goldblum explores the world or something, but it's great. So part of what makes this quote so powerful in the movie is there's just like this beautiful kind of like scary-ish music playing in the background. Like it hurts your heart. And he says, and, he, and he's kind of like telling the, the woman, he's like, I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. And it's just like so poetic and so beautiful and so sad. It like, sums up everything that he's going through almost. Yeah. Like it really like puts you, the viewer, in his shoes immediately with right. one sentence. Right. Oh, yeah. man, it's such a good movie. I guess for people who haven't seen it, he like kind of accidentally splices his DNA with, with a fly. fly. Yeah. He's got these telepods that are supposed to be uh, revolutionary in transportation, yeah. which is just going to like teleport worse, you from one thing to another. If you're going to splice your DNA, what? Not with a fly, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> so. and he really like wants to prove that it works and he decides yeah. to use himself. Yeah. As the, he's been testing baboons and they've all been dying. And mm-hmm. uh, he finally gets one that's successful. Then he decides to go through the... Yeah, and a fly enters the yeah. teleporting. So when pod. it reconstructs his DNA on the other side, it reconstructs it with the fly. Yeah, and this one did something different than the original. Where the original, there was the fly body, and the like. There was like the big, like the guy had a human body with a fly head, yeah. right? And yeah. then the fly had a fly body with a little human <laughs> head. And I was like, help yeah. me! Yeah. yeah. So this one does it different, where there's no two entities. It's just all another one crossover thing. with invasion. The Simpsons did this too. Treehouse oh, of Horror. Yeah. Simpsons brings it all together. Yeah. Should we, should we, this is why the fly is, is my our number, number two. two. <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. You guys are gonna have to say this. At yeah, our, we have a crossover, Josh yeah. and I. And my number one is, is the, the Thing. thing. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-two. Uh, I've Carpenter. never seen the Thing. Yep. you've never seen the Thing no, remake. I have not. Oh, you would love. Written it. by 
Bill Lancaster, directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell, one of my favorite actors. Keith David, also enjoy his acting. And Wilford Brimley, who you might remember him as the I Got Diabetes commercial guy. Diabetes. 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 <laughs> That's Wilford Brimley. Very nice. This movie's so good. So, okay, so um, this was a remake of the 1951 film, The Thing from Another World, from a story, Who Goes There, by John W. Campbell Jr. Yeah. Have you seen the original? No, no. I've seen parts of it because it's in John Carpenter's Halloween, I believe. Oh. They're, they're watching it. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, My it's, guess is it's you on TV. It. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh. I, it's on, I'm going to get to it. I'll probably get to it this week. I, I was pretty busy. The last two weeks. That's how confident two. these guys are, is they haven't even seen the original, <laughs> like the remake's better. <laughs> but it is, I don't know yeah. how, I don't know how something that came before it could be better yeah. than this movie. I mean, it, the 80s was almost a prime time to remake movies from 20 years ago. Sure. Because those movies were kind of outdated. Sure. And they're not like as scary anymore you know and there was a lot of restrictions on horror movies back in the day whereas the 80s well i think the 70s it really happened where they started like kind of giving giving way and letting uh horror movies be horror movies but um i mean you think about the time you have the score who wasn't it was not scored by by john carpenter one of his only movies he didn't score um and in fact tarantino used some of the un uh unused score from this movie for uh what's it called hateful eight hateful eight yeah used. oh, oh right. like and the hateful eight and was like some of like, the unused stuff from that yeah and 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 he he was very inspired by the thing uh probably why he got uh kurt russell to do it and yeah he had and the, the the cast watch the film first and it there's and a lot of parallels snowed in. Yeah, yeah exactly and this is like there's there's an there's an alien entity that could that could replicate uh whatever Right. right and there's paranoia there but i almost the monster almost isn't the actual monster it's everyone around you yeah because you don't know who's a monster right you don't well, know who to trust and this yeah. is a movie that has an ambiguous ending that a lot of people have like debate if you go online you can t- you can read about what everyone thinks is happening and there is like these subtle things that the actors do in the end that you could read like tons into yeah like one of them's an actual alien yeah and yeah and uh and are are they gonna die are they gonna survive right and um but this ambiguous ending totally 100 percent works for me it works for me too because it is an ending because they're just like they're just gonna sit there and drink yeah yeah yeah, you know. and you can kind of, it's another one of those ones that you can kind of play it out in your head, like, it's probably not going to go good for yeah. anybody. <laughs> like, I think they realized that and decided. Yeah, and that's kind of why they're just, yeah. like, laughing, like, fuck it, like, we're not, we're not going to try anymore. Yeah. Like, why are we trying? <laughs> um, Rob Botton did the special effects makeup, which he needs to be mentioned during this. Oh, Because so the special effects makeup is amazing. Amazing. Revolutionary, yeah. Yeah. groundbreaking. Um, never, like... To this day, holds up so incredibly well. Like yeah, to this day, definitely. Yeah, I could show uh, people that that watch new horror movies and are young this movie, and they're not going to make fun of the the special effects. No. Yeah, right. and there is a a newer remake. It's, of a, the it's thing, a it's a right? prequel. It's a prequel. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, I saw it. Um, what's, what's cool is like um, I think that the prequel. 
Like there's stuff that you see in the original. Like there's the, the axe in the door. Yeah. So they when they you know when they go back to, uh, the I think oh, it's the Russian other or station. Soviet yeah. Soviet, Soviet site. Station, yeah. Um, and they see like the axe in the door and the frozen monster. So the cool thing about the the prequel is that it shows you what happened, how that axe got there. Yeah. And, and all of that, but um, and it's so oh, it's okay, but I, I heard mean, it's they, CGI. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. How could you do CGI? Like, that's just like... That is one of the biggest things about the thing is the practical yeah. effects, how amazing they are. And it just did not work with me to throw yeah. in CGI. No. And the the sad thing is, I, I'm pretty sure I, I read this, um, but they did practical effects and then the studio executives... Oh. We're like, no, we're doing CGI, and they CGI'd over oh. the practical effects. So That's like, weird. all the effort and work was like done for it to to kind of be in a homage to yeah. the original, yeah. which it should be. And yeah. then, uh, and especially if what it's going to be a prequel, move. Yeah. you don't necessarily want your prequels to to look different than the movie that comes after it. You yeah. want to be able to watch them consecutively. Plus, right? I right. feel like the, the practical effects look more realistic. Yeah. Of course, of course yeah. because they're there. You yeah. could touch, you know, your brain understands that you could actually touch and feel yeah. these things yeah. if you yeah. were there. And the CGI kind of throws your brain off of yeah. like, it's not real. It's like a cartoon. Well, now I'm upset. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but the original thing, man, it's just, it's it's such a great movie. It's completely rewatchable. I could watch it over and over and over again. I love the actors in it, practical effects, the story, the isolation, everything. Yeah. And that's why it's my number one. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. My the number thing. one is the 1988 The Blob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, the original was made in 58, um, and... You know, it's not, it's kind of like The Fly, where it's just like it was made for like a different audience, an audience that couldn't handle yeah. horror movies, I guess. Yeah. And there's nothing really horrific about it. It's kind of just like hard to watch. Whereas the 88 one, me and Brandon watched this a couple years back um, again, and I had forgotten how good the effects are in this movie. And I grew up just loving this movie. I loved it. I mean, I remember Melanie and I watching this one over and over yeah. again. There was something about it that we just kind of loved. And uh, I mean, to me, if you think about a movie about a blob, like it sounds like it'd be hard to take it seriously, maybe. Uh-huh, yeah. And this one works. Like the yeah. blob starts yeah. out as this little thing. It gets on like a homeless man's arm. It's bigger. He goes into the hospital and some of the effects of like what's happened to him is pretty gruesome. Yeah. And there's like even like scenes where like some of like what you would believe would be the main characters just die. Yeah. There's even little kid, kid death in this one. There is little kid death. It's pretty brutal. Um, the first scene was really scary i thought yeah where the guy's arm comes off yeah you know and you know for eight for 1988 film about a blob like this still for me holds up to this day i think it's yeah, another one of those ones you could show kids and they'd be like whoa you know my kids and, love it oh yeah and um i don't know it, it really holds up for me now would i like a, a newer remake that's a question i thought they were i don't know yeah, I, I thought I heard something too that they yeah. were going to remake They would have this to one. do if the, if it worked for me, they would have to do, have do practical job. effects. Yeah. Like that's which the there's only no way. way. There's no there's way. Probably they no would way. Do it. So my guess is like it'd be way easier to do CGI. My my guess is this is going to stay my favorite Blob movie for quite some time. So yeah. that's why the Blob is my number one. And my number one is the Ring. Um, 
Usually I don't like Asian horror remakes, but I think with this one they did a pretty good job. Um, it was directed by, I cannot pronounce this name, I'm going to try, Ian Kruger? I don't know. Uh, Josh, where's your app? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I feel the same way that you do about, like, I don't, like Shudder was a huge disappointment, yes. the American remake. Uh, the Grudge... Not, not but, necessarily a huge disappointment, but just but not necessary. But it was a disappointment. It's like they just can't get it right. Or yeah. they take all the scary... There, there's something they're missing. Be scary. Yeah. They like modernize it too much or yeah. something. And they take out like the camera tricks or whatever makes these Asian ghost movies Especially really scary. Especially this new grudge movie that they just oh, did. the new one with the what dude. What a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lumberjack ghost. Lumberjack ghost. I don't know. Yeah, that's not going to work for me. But... <laughs> I don't know. I think with The Ring, they did a good job. Now, The Ring was actually my first exposure to, like, what Asian horror well, was, I see, think. and I didn't even know it when the my first time it was Ring, a remake. Ring, the, the, the remake. Ringo? The remake. Oh. Yeah. The first time I saw, like, something that terrified I don't think anybody knew it was a remake. And, yeah, most, I don't, I don't most, I would say. And at anybody. first, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, they're going to end it all happy. She finds her in the well, and I was yeah. about to walk out of there all pissed off. And then it just kind of... And that's where my first exposure was to Asian movies, to Lindsay's, because I didn't know it was... A remake. A remake, and then I found that out, and then I And it was terrifying. Really Asian horror. It was terrifying. This is one of those yeah. movies that you left the theater and were just like hor horrified. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna have well, nightmares tonight. You're so used to the American ghost story where everything has to end yeah. up happy, yeah. or or and just it, you weren't used to like the the con like the yeah, go the ghost yeah. with the weird body movements. You know, exactly. I had never seen that before. And it was oh my god, it, that was scary. terrifying. I love that about Asian horror is like you can't get away from like you're just yeah. screwed. No, it follows you yeah. everywhere you go. It's yeah. not like an American movie where you can leave the house. You know, I watched this in my friend's apartment and um, with a couple of people. And afterward, they had the DVD, and on the DVD you could watch the actual videotape, right? That uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And in the movie, you watch this videotape, and then you get a phone call that says like seven, seven days. days. So we watched it, and the phone rang immediately afterward. <laughs> oh, no. And picked it up, and you could hear from, it was, it was a landline, for those of you, Josh, who doesn't know what a landline is. It's just I, connected I know what to a your So phones used, phones used to have like a, a wire that you had oh, to hook into. But they, she, just, she just picked it up and held the phone off the hook, and we heard seven days. And we're like, I... My blood ran cold because like when I was watching it, the, the video, the short video, I was thinking in my head, like, what if it's real? And like, you know, just like yeah. my imagination was going wild. And then the phone rang and it, it like it was real for me for a few seconds. And then we heard her mom laughing in the other room. Oh, that's she fantastic. called the landline with her cell what a, phone. What a great oh, joke. Man, that's yeah. awesome. And it freaked us out, man. So I actually went back. You guys should do that with like Frankie and yeah. Cohen and Bodie. Oh, yeah, no. Cohen and <laughs> I'm definitely doing I that would to my be daughter. In trouble. <laughs> now, well, we were we were in our twenties, I think. Yeah. We were twenty. I'll wait till she's older. I'll yeah. wait till her like tenth yeah. birthday or something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually, this was the one when I did find out it was a remake and I think I, I think I didn't even find out. It was like, I was that like movie dumb about it. I didn't even find out until like Shudder came out and then I was like, oh, that's a remake. And then, and then I was like researching like the original Shudder and then like the ring popped up. I'm like, what? Oh, the Ringu is like not. Okay, okay, cool. I'm going to go watch it. And I watched it and I was really excited because I'm like, it's going to be better. Because if you watch the American Shudder and then the, the original, they are like, the original is so more intensely scary. Yeah, it is. And so I was like, oh, I can't imagine the Ringu like being even scarier. And 
it was just like kind of like oh it's not that it was bad it wasn't bad it, but just it was wasn't like no they did better yeah the american remake actually like they pumped the, it up the, it was yeah, scarier they did it was just scarier the faces were scarier yeah. i think not as silly as some of the yeah other scenes but yeah that is why the ring is my number one anybody have any honorable mentions I think you guys, so Funny Games would have been one of mine. It would have been one of mine. Yeah, I think we've all mentioned, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's hard to, it's it's actually pretty hard to have a remake I that's don't better. like, yeah, I usually don't like remakes, so. Um, so, uh, this isn't one that I like better, and that's probably why it's not on my list, but I do like it, and it's uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. And I know that yeah. a lot of people didn't like it. And so I, I had a friend that was, contextualizing why he didn't like it and he had such a great point so like in the original movie all you see is this kid pov um kill his sister come outside with this clown mask take it off on halloween and uh that's it and then you know years later he's he he gets out of the mental hospital yeah this shows you everything you didn't see in the remake and he's got like michael myers has this extremely dysfunctional family his mom's a stripper and i'm not saying that's dysfunctional I'm yeah. just saying that might be hard to deal with if you're going to school as a kid. Your yeah, mom being yeah. a stripper. To get like teased and stuff. The dad, the stepdad is the worst stepdad you could like possibly imagine. And like his sister doesn't care about him. So it's like this really dysfunctional uh, house. And uh, so of course he's going to become a killer, right? Well, first of all, I don't think that a dysfunctional broken house creates killers. Yeah. I don't think so. I think a lot. I've met a lot of people who've come from broken homes who are strong well, I just think and good a individuals lot of factors have to well there's, but also there's evidence if you have that ability in you and you and it happens to be triggered by dysfunctionality within mm. your home like that's that's why like most serial killers come from dysfunctional it's things, almost like the perfect storm has to yeah, come like, yes yeah like that gene and has to be triggered. maybe that seems too easy for michael yeah. myers to, to come from that and my buddy said how terrifying would have been if he came from a straight-laced religious family oh yeah and everything was perfect. That would have like really upset yeah. some people. Yeah. And but I mean, it would have been more terrifying yeah. too because it was just this. It's like it can happen entity. to anybody. Yeah. And it's know? like an evil entity, like yeah. he's almost possessed. Yeah. Um. So, but the reason why I like the remake is because it's like got these three acts that are like feel like three different movies. The first act is is, is building up why this kid is a, a kind of a serial killer, and it shows him snap. The second act is the mental hospital and the third act is an actual slasher movie. So if this wasn't Michael Myers, if it wasn't a remake and was just um, a different movie, I think it would have been really neat. Yeah. And my last honorable mention is Cape fear. Yeah. Cape fear. The original was 1962 and this is Martin Scorsese, uh, 1991. So yeah, Cape fear. I haven't seen the original, but I, I really like the uh, remake Cape fear. I'll, I'll uh, say, uh, I talked about this, I think, last episode, um, the Wicker Man remake. Uh, not that I think it's a better movie than the original, but <laughs> the if fun you factor. just wanted like, a fun, goofy movie with, <laughs> with Nick Cage. Yeah. Punching women. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just kind of wild yeah. and kind of fun. Again, you could just YouTube, like, best, best moments in yeah. Wicker, Wicker Man. Man. Get all you need. Yeah. Yeah, that's With true. Nick Cage being completely unleashed guys <laughs> all right so that's our show hey 
if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to ask us questions, be involved in some of our uh, poorly described movies, you can email us at bubclubpodcast at gmail.com. Bub Club Podcast is a production of Pod Cauldron. Check out some other great shows on the Pod Cauldron Network, including Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing, and Rabble, 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 a comedic look at current events. Uh, thanks to Mario D'Angelo once again, and we'll see you in a few weeks.